you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Exodus chapter 24. If you have your Bibles and would like to turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 24, and I'm going to read about six or seven verses here out of Exodus 24. The Lord gave me this message uh, several weeks ago, and um, I shared it in Lebanon uh, several weeks ago and felt that the time would be right for me to come and bring this message to this congregation today. And so, let's see what the Lord has for us today. Exodus chapter 24 and verse number 12. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount and be there. Kind of a strange thing. You want to stand? That's fine. Trying to give you a break this morning. My legs were tired. I thought yours might be. And I will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. And Moses rose up and his minister Joshua. Moses went up into the mountain of God. And he said unto the elders, Tarry ye here for us until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let them come unto them. And Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. And the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud, and the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mountain. And Moses was in the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. I've spent most of my life in and around the church, all of my life in and around the church. I've seen a lot of people come and I've seen a lot of people go. Through the years, I have learned that great churches are not built on height, not built on somebody who arrives and believes they brought revival in their Bible, but great churches are built on faithful people and faithful leadership who don't just come and leave, but they come with the intent of coming staying 
So I'm thankful for a congregation that's in this room this morning that have made a decision to come and to stay. By the help of the Lord, I want to preach three words out of that first verse that I read to you this morning. Three words out of our text, or two words out of our text. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me into the mountain. And then a strange little phrase. He said, and be there. And be there. Lord, help us this morning to deliver what you have put in my spirit. I pray today that your power and your spirit is made known and made prevalent in our midst. God, we thank you for your word and believe that it is going to accomplish the purpose for which you have sent it today. We honor you, give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to a neighbor and tell them, be there. Strange little phrase, be there. There's some places that you go because of the scenery. There's not much purpose other than to, to sightsee. I kind of enjoy those places. I, I hope my wife and I are about to share share another anniversary here in just a few weeks. And we haven't gotten away. COVID, cancer, all sorts of things that have prevented us. Maybe we need to get go away on one of those sightseeing ventures. Maybe we need to get in a little convertible, lay the top down, and just go sightseeing some, just driving. But I don't want to drive it far enough to get to a scenic area. I enjoy those places, particularly those vacations, just, just sightseeing where the sights are spectacular. There's some places you go just, just because of the scenery, and then there's some places that you go because of the company. How many of you know what I mean? There are places you go because of the company. It's not about what you're going to do when you arrive. It's just about who's going to be there. You get the invitation, and the first question out of your mouth is not, what are we going to do? It's who's going to be there. This is an age check this morning. The older I get, the more and more I'm becoming about who's going to be there? Who am I spending time with rather than what am I doing? Because I'm hoping we're not doing too much. Now, I proudly tend to enjoy being with my family. I don't think any of us spend too much family time. I enjoy being with my family. It's not about what we're doing. The boys and I like to fish and hunt, but I couldn't really care less if I get a deer or catch a fish. It's really more about who I'm with than what I'm doing. There's some places you go because of the company. And then there's some places that you go because you were sent on a mission. These are places that you go because there is a purpose to the assignment. You're sent on a mission. You're on assignment. There is an agenda that comes along with the location that you're going to. I know some folks, it's always on an agenda. That's not what I'm speaking of this morning. But those assignments that we're sent on, when we know that we're going to a location for a purpose. 
And God opened the door for Annette and I to pastor this church about 18 years ago next week. Things didn't look then like they look today. But God put a vision in our hearts and in this church for this city and for this region. Not everyone has liked it and not everyone has stayed, but those that have have seen a vision begin to become fulfilled. Many of us like to go back to those defining places along the journey and say, that was a pivotal moment. It's a specific service. It's a particular awakening. It's a particular moment that we, we know. I remember that day. I remember that revival. I remember that moment. I saw some pictures online someone was sharing the other day, a video that someone was sharing of days gone by in the Delphi Avenue building. A much younger couple was pastoring the church then. They looked a whole lot like my wife and I. But I'll say for me, they were much thinner and much less gray hair. A young couple with vision that was larger than they were. I remember some of the moments of casting vision that scared me. Now when we look back and see where we started and where we've come from and how far God has brought us as a church and as a people and as individuals. Because the truth is God cannot take the church anywhere that you and I independently are not willing to go. Because as go the people, so goes the church. And so when I preach a message to the church, I want you to take that index finger and point it right here and say, Pastor, it's talking to me today because he's preaching to the church and I am the church. Not the building. I am the church. And when we look and see how far we have come as a people and as a, as a group, as a body, I recognize, realize that God has been with us every step of the way. Through the ups and the downs, the difficulties, the good days, the bad, the weddings and the funerals and the new babies, God has been with us through it all. But regardless of the miracles that have gotten us to where we are, and the miracle of all the great people that God has added to this wonderful church and has chosen this church as their home to come and partner with us to see revival and growth in north central Indiana. And now looking around and looking at this building and this campus that God has blessed us with and recently added even more acreage for the future so that we can look into the future and say in the foreseeable future we should never have to abandon this location even if God expands this church to be a 2,000 member congregation and as I look and see where God has brought us from it's easier for me to be able to see where God has taken us to the apostle Paul spoke of stirring up his pure mind by way of remembrance of looking back. 
so that he would be able to more clearly see where God is taking him to. Yet without a doubt, as far as we've come, as many blessings as we have experienced, as many good moments as we have had, there's still moments when all of us have days of question. God, was that really your voice that I heard? God, am I really where you want me to be? God, is that really your word, You really your voice, really what you're speaking? In our text, Moses was called by God to go to the mountain. There was a purpose to the call to go to the mountain. Much like the growth and establishment of this church, God told Moses, I want you to go up the mountain. And when you get up the mountain, you're going to re receive instructions. I'm not going to give you the instructions while you're here. I'm going to give you instructions after you climb the mountain. I don't know about you, but I'll tell you how I'm built. How I'm made is I like to know the end before I get started. I like to know what the end's going to look like. It's really tough to walk by faith when you're built like me. It'd be much easier if God would come and show me a picture and say this is what the end is going to look like. This is how it's all going to finish up. This is what it's all going to do. So then it makes it all along the way no moments of question. Perhaps I'm the only one in this room that, that, that has issues just saying, God, you just do it and I'm just going to walk. and and Because and, I talk about walking by faith and I believe in walking by faith. But it's so much easier for me to walk by sight. Ain't nobody going to help this preacher this morning. Y'all going to sit out there and look all sanctimonious like y'all got it all figured out. It's easier for me if God will show me uh, every step of the way and reassure me and give me a little note and tell me this is what it's going to look like. Every now and then a prophet of God comes by, speaks a word into my spirit, my phone rings, somebody tells me this is what God is saying, this is what God is doing. But then most of the time it's just me climbing a mountain with only the promise of God saying, Moses, when you get up the mountain, I'm going to give you a word. I'm not going to tell you everything that I'm going to, to have you tell the people, but when you get up the mountain, I'm going to meet you there, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the word that you're to go back down and share with the people. Huh. But here Moses is at the bottom of a mountain. He says, I'll give you tables of stone and law and commandments which I've written that thou mayest teach them. God's saying, I'll give it to you, but not until you arrive there. But when Moses arrived there thinking that God would be there, he got there and God was not there. All that showed up on the mountain was a cloud. A cloud hovered over the mountain. God told Moses to go there and he's going to show up. But all that showed up was a cloud. And it was there for six days. He went there looking for God, expecting direction. But all that showed up when he got on the mountain was a cloud. I wonder how often you and I are sent on the assignment of God. 
But when we arrive, it doesn't look like what we thought it was going to look like. It's not working out the way that we had envisioned it in our mind. We go there expecting something much different than what we are experiencing. We go there thinking one thing, but yet we receive something else. We're expecting to have a 50-soul revival, but instead we lose families and have marriages falling apart. This is a very unusual thing. God told Moses, go up the mountain with very little instruction. There's another time in Scripture where God told Abraham, I want you to go out. And the Bible says it real simple. And Abraham went out not knowing. God says, Moses, I'm going to give you more than I gave Abraham. I sent Abraham out without knowing. Moses, I'm sending you out without knowing what I'm going to say. But there is a promise that I will meet you on the mountain. Abraham didn't even have the promise that God was going to meet him there. He went out without knowing. But at least Moses had God's word that when you get there, I'm going to meet you there. Very little instruction. But Moses climbs a mountain, gets to the top of the mountain, and he didn't see God anywhere. I've learned this. I told Brother Brandon, Brother Danny last night some of the some of the L's of pastoring. About eleven o'clock last night, we were running things around this church. Mountain climbing is hard. It's not for the faint of heart. It takes a lot of energy, determination, and work. To climb a mountain. It's a lonely venture climbing a mountain. The dedication, the long hours, crescendo for a moment on a Sunday altar call, and then another week of seeking God, hard work, trying to keep marriages together and people happy enough to show back up the next week. I'm not complaining. I'm called to the job, but it's not easy. Mountain climbing is hard. When Moses arrives expecting God to be there, there was no God there. There was no voice there. There was no fire there. There was no prophet that was preaching there. There was was nothing there. All that showed up on the mountain was a cloud. The Bible said the cloud covered the mountain. I don't like cloudy days. If I'm going to spend if I'm going to spend time climbing a mountain when I get to the top of the mountain, promise to hear the voice of God, when I get there, at least I want some sunshine on the mountain. He climbs the mountain. He gets there. It's cloudy. The cloud covers the mountain. It's gloomy. Perhaps humid because the Bible says the cloud settled in over the mountain. The moist, wet cloud was there. Moses 
sat in the dark, in the cloud, in the cold, no sunshine. The humidity so high, perhaps his clothes would have felt damp, if not completely wet. In the high elevation of a mountain where a cloud would settle, most likely it would have been cold, dreary. That's not how he had imagined that it would go. There Moses sat for six long days. God told him that he would meet him there. God was supposed to be there. God was supposed to give him direction. God was supposed to tell him what he was supposed to say to the people. But here Moses is after climbing a mountain with no God, no voice, no word to take back to the people. Just Moses and God. Wow, what a place to be. Can you imagine what began to go through Moses' mind? I, I don't know about you, but it's about it's moments like that that I would begin to question. God, was that really your voice that I heard? God, did you really tell me to climb a mountain? God, is that what you, is that really what you have for me? Is that really what you are speaking to me? Is that really what you're supposed God, am I supposed to be here? God, did you really call me here? Was that your voice that really said, climb up the mountain? He said he would meet me here, but there is no voice, there is no word, there is no direction. Without a doubt, the days would drag by. His mind was probably full of questions. I thought God called me here, and I am assuming that he would be here when I showed up. God, am I even in your will? Is there anybody out there that's ever felt that way before? Can I be real with you this morning? Thank you, two of you. The last two years have seemed like they've been from the world down under. We weren't expecting some of the changes that we've had to deal with. I wasn't personally expecting to deal with personal leadership burnout. And I certainly wasn't expecting to deal with the criticism that came along with it. We weren't expecting COVID to hit last year in March. We weren't expecting the church doors to be closed for seven consecutive weeks. We weren't expecting to have an outbreak where 85 people at one time were sick with COVID. I wasn't expecting last June for my wife to get a phone call saying that she had cancer. That's not the way it was supposed to be. I came here on the assignment of God to do what God called me to do, what God said to me, what God has spoken to me, feeling like I'm walking in the plan of God and the will of God, reaching the lost, growing a church, giving everything we have, all of our time, talents, treasure, giving it all to God, and then all of a sudden here we are. 
I wasn't expecting people that I spent years loving and trusting to go rogue and turn their back and walk out. It was supposed to look a lot different than this. It wasn't supposed to feel this way. I had a different view in my mind of what it was supposed to look like. People weren't supposed to become impatient. Some are angry if you wear masks. Some are angry if you don't. Lead that bunch. Welcome to earth. I've got one frustrated because I preached too long and i got another telling me I'm not preaching long enough. I hear all of you. Revival was not supposed to come and leave. Revival's supposed to come and stay. God, we came. We showed up expecting your voice. But all we get is a cloud. But the cloud is just enough to know that God noticed. But I'm still here and I'm still waiting for you to tell me what I'm supposed to tell the people. He didn't just climb the mountain and get up the mountain, look around, there's a cloud. He fusses because God's not there prays a little prayer, and voila, God shows up the next day. He gets up a mountain. He doesn't have a fifth wheel RV to sleep in when he gets there. He doesn't have a tent. He doesn't have a posse carrying all of his supplies and his food and belongings. And a fresh change of linen for his nice comfy bed. But he climbs up a mountain alone. He doesn't have anything with him but himself and whatever that he personally could carry with him. Gets up the mountain and when he gets there all that shows up is a cloud. And God's not there. There's just a little cloud. And then that night God still doesn't show up and he gets up the next day. I'm sure he's praying God. Hey God is that you? No voice. In the cold of the night, God, could you just show up with some fire? In the cloudy, dreary day, God, could you just shine a little light in on me? Day two, troubles come. Day three, he starts getting pretty emotional about God not showing up on this mountain. Day four, oh, but not just days, also the weariness of night in an unknown land, in a place that he was not accustomed to, and day four, and day five, and night five, and day six. And still, God is not there. Six days he spent on the mountain without a word, without a voice. Sure that I heard God tell me to climb the mountain. But on the seventh day, God called out to him and spoke to him. 
What did God say? He said very little. But if you go back and read, before Moses went up the mountain, God said one thing that I read into your hearing this morning. He said, go to the mountain and be there. Didn't tell him what to do when he got there. God just told him to go and be there. Now wait a second, when I arrive, there's got to be an agenda. When I, got, when I arrive, there has to be scenery. Moses arrived to nothing but a cloud hovering over a mountain. He couldn't even get enjoy the scenery of a mountain. There was no agenda, there was no list, there was no voice, there was no fire. He just did what God told him to do. And God warned him before he ever got there because God doesn't mince words with anybody. He just said, go up the mountain and when you get there, you need to just go planning to stay. Go and be there. No specifics, just go and stay there. I came to this church building this morning to declare that this church is in the season that it is in with revival and harvest and Bible studies and growth because there were some people that came to this church and you stayed. You stuck it out on the good times and the bad times. You stayed when there wasn't a voice. You stayed when the preaching wasn't good. You stayed when the music wasn't on point. You stayed when it wasn't your genre of music. You came and stayed and said, God, I'm here. You said go and be there. I am here. I know it may not be what you thought it would be, but God said, go and just be there. And here's what I want to tell you today. If you stay long enough, every prophecy that has been spoken over this church will come to pass. Every prophecy that has been spoken over your life will come to pass. If you'll go and you will stay. I had somebody write me a real ugly little note to tell me they wouldn't be back to church. They've been to seven churches in the last 15 years and there's been a problem everywhere they've been. Oh, I feel bold this morning and I'm going to go ahead and say it. When you show up to church number eight, you're going to find what's wrong there. But if you'll show up somewhere, plant your feet and declare God has sent me here in the good, the bad, what I like, what I don't, when it's stormy, when it's rainy, when it's cloudy, I'm here and I'm where God planted me.
I'm just going to preach for a little while. I know people that show up and they get offended over every little thing that happens. They get offended if they're not the star of the show. They get offended if they're not the one that is leading. They get offended if they're not the one that is in the spotlight. They get offended if they're not the one that God is using. They get offended if they're not the one that's getting the accolade. I'm going to tell you, God said, Moses, go up the mountain. You're going to be by yourself. There will not be a spotlight. It's not going to feel good. But you're in my will. Some of you have never had spotlight, have never had a microphone, but you're here and you're why this church is what it is. Sometimes the will of God that we're looking for the next, what most people mean by I want to be in the will of God is I want, to, I want to find my next big break. But sometimes the will of God is just to go somewhere and be faithful. Present. You know what this church needs to do? You know what this evangelism team needs to do, Brother Dylan? We need to show up to everything that happens in this county. What are you going to do when we get there? We're just here. Whatever's happening, we're just here. What are you doing? We're just waiting for God to tell us what to do. We're just waiting on the Lord. We're just trying to see what it is that God has planned for us. He told us if we would do his will that he would fulfill his purpose and plan. So here I am. I don't have all the details written in. I have people come to me sometimes, Pastor, what do you see in the year of 2043? I don't know if we're even going to be around, but this much I do know. If God tarries, we're here. And we're going to still be doing what God has called us to do. What are we going to do when we get there, Pastor? God said, just be there. If it's work day, you may not know a lot about what to do. Just be there. Somebody's going through trouble in the church. You may not have the right words to say, well, I don't know what to say, so what good would it, would it be for me to do to, to, to even bother to show up? Just be there. Mm, is, is, is this a little too much on Sunday morning? Some of us need to look around and see somebody that needs a friend and you're like, well, I don't know what to say to them. I don't know how to help them. Just be there. Sometimes presence is worth more than anything. I lost my mother at 63. I was 30. She was 63. Lost my mother to cancer. I stood in the front of a, of a church building before a, before a coffin, and I was trying to think, my Lord, why, why, why? There wasn't a word that anybody could say, but my wife was there, and, and that's all I can say. She was, just, she was just there. I remember on the night before the funeral, my mother-in-law and father-in-law walked in the back door unexpected. I didn't even know they were going to be there. Dan and Cindy, I can't tell you what that meant to me at that very moment. It wasn't anything you said. Don't remember anything you said. Don't remember anything. It was nothing but the fact that you were there. There is sometimes that you say, you know what? I don't feel like going to church. I'm not on schedule to lead. I'm not greeting at the door. I'm not ushering. I'm not. But you know what? It's 
Somebody said, well, nobody will even know if I'm not there. God knows. He's the one that said, be there. Go up the mountain and be there. Moses, I know you would prefer if I would show up in a flaming fire. I'm sure it would be easier if my power was thundering and my voice was, was, was echoing through the heavens. But that's not what I'm doing in this season. I'm looking for some men and women who will climb up a mountain and just be there. That will climb up a mountain of prayer and be there. That will climb up a mountain of fasting and be there. That will climb up the mountain of sacrificial giving and be there. That will climb up the mountain of Bible study teaching and be there. That'll climb up the mountain of faithfulness and be there. That'll climb up the mountain of servitude and be there. Days and weeks go by without miracle signs and wonders. And you know what the real miracle is? The real miracle is that you stayed. The real miracle is that Moses went up the mountain and when God didn't show up, he stayed. It would be easier sometimes to walk away, but God said, go and stay right there. When Annette and I first came to Frankfurt, I remember one service particularly when the choir was singing and the only people in the front worshiping was my wife and that was a Sunday night. My wife and I and our three very young boys, been many years, our three very young boys and my wife and I were in the front. The choir was singing and we were worshiping back and forth across the front. After the choir sang, I huddled my family together in the front and I prayed over them and I just said to them, don't be discouraged because we're going to keep doing what we're doing until this fire catches on. I came to the pulpit that night. I walked to the platform, and I preached with everything I had, and nothing happened. Nobody got baptized. Nobody got filled with the Holy Ghost. Annette and I were discouraged, trying to hide it from our sons, trying to hide it from the faithful church members, wondering if God had really sent us here, wondering if I was really in the will of God. It's not the only time I've ever questioned that. Probably not the only time you ever questioned it either. Even in recent months, there's been situations when people come and speak discouraging words. You go through difficulties. You climb the mountain. I jokingly said a few moments ago and maybe just went right over everybody's head when I was talking about Brother Danny and I here last night, Sister Cheryl here last night, and we were running things. We were. We were running sweepers. We were just working, trying to get things ready, trying to be ready for church. See, it's not always the fanfare. Sometimes it's just the faithful, hard labor. I've walked through some discouraging days. Went through one of those really dark times recently. And the first Sunday of January of this year, 
We had a children's service. All the kids were up here in the front. I was standing right there where I always stand on a Sunday evening. The kids were up here and they were going through their motions. They had done an illustrated sermon that night. They were wrapping things up and the kids were having a blast. They had done their wave offering. They had done all the fun things. Service had far exceeded my expectation. And I'm on the front row and I'm standing there as kids are all across the front. And one and two and three and four that night had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I was, I was sitting one chair over from where Brother Danny is sitting. I actually was standing right there in front of that chair. Worshiping. Smiling on the outside. But on the inside I was hurting. Wounded. Struggling with more questions than answers. Dealing with hurt that had come from hard criticism that had been spoken against me and against my family. I was trying to smile and trying to make things look like everything was okay. But really I was saying, God, is this really, really where you sent me? On that Sunday in January, discouraged, wounded, broken, sitting there on that standing there in front of that front row. I looked across the front of this room and at that moment all I could see was about 150 children and youth and young adults and they were worshiping with everything they had. And God spoke to me as clear as He has ever spoken to me. And God said, I told you to go and to raise up a generation of leaders that will affect this world. And they need you. They'll impact this city and this region and the entire world. But what you need to do is just be there. God showed me something in the Spirit that I have gone through a season of accomplishments and doing. And the Lord says, I am shifting your season from doing to being. Instead of doing things when you get there, now it's more important that you are there when I tell you to be there. Because your presence being there is signifying that my presence is going to show up. I said, yes, Lord, whatever you have to say. And a few weeks later, revival began to break out and since we have baptized 18 people in Jesus name there was just enough change in the atmosphere of those children to form a cloud that was significant because you know how clouds are formed it's when there is a change in the atmosphere I'm telling you today that every time you show up in the house of the Lord, every time this church assembles to worship and to pray, there is something that happens in the atmosphere. The spirit world knows CLC is in session. CLC is together. 
Whether you know it or not, when you say, I don't know if anybody will even notice if I'm there, let me tell you, hell notices when you show up with a mind to worship, with a mind to pray. Not only does hell know, but God knows. He knows you're here. He sees your sacrifice. The spirit world knows you're here. This city knows you're here. I know some of you have been waiting in silence for a long time, but I feel like telling you this morning that God's voice is about to thunder out of the cloud and tell you I've been here all along. You just didn't recognize that I was in the cloud. I'll quickly try to reach a close. Most men would have walked back down the mountain by the end of the sixth day. Six is the number of man. It's the completion of man's day. If a man makes it beyond six days of anything particular, there is a great monumental change and shift in his thinking. Six is the number of man. Most men would have made it through one or two days. But most all men would have walked back down the mountain by the end of the sixth day. But seven is the number of God. And on the seventh day, God broke the silence of the mountain and his voice thundered out of the midst of the cloud. And what happened on that mountain that day was so powerful that when the children of Israel looked up into the cloud, it looked to them like a devouring fire. To Moses, he's looking around saying, well, there's just a little cloud on the mountain. But to those who were down under and was looking up on the mountain, to them it looked like a devouring cloud. I have people call me once in a while saying, man, I hear all the stuff that's happening in Frankfurt. I hear about the revival. I hear about the growth. I hear about the miracles. And some days I'm here going, it just looks like a cloud to me. Just looks like a lot of work to me. Just looks like we're here laboring. Just looks like we're here just, just giving of our time. and giving. It doesn't, But to those who are outside that are missing it all are looking up on the mountain and it looks like a devouring fire of God. I come today to tell you, you are not seeing what this city is seeing. You are not seeing what North Central Indiana are seeing. You're not seeing in yourself what God is seeing in you. He called you to the mountain. He has a plan for you and he's going to show up. <laughs> Stand with me. And Moses was so caught up in what God was doing when he, his voice thunders out of the cloud that he stayed in the mountain for 40 days. You know what I believe? I believe for some of you, you're looking around missing some incredible things that God has been doing. He's been doing it all along because the thing about, the thing about revival is revival is personal. And the thing about what God is doing in the church 
I can have lunch with one that says, man, I'm so excited about what God is doing. And I can have lunch with another that just, I just, I just don't know. I just, if something doesn't change, if something doesn't, maybe, maybe it's a matter of perspective. You know what I feel? I feel for some of you that have climbed up the mountain, but it's not happening for you. If you'll just start showing up to everything that God is trying to do. I want to be part of everything God is doing. I want to be in the middle of everything God is doing. I want to be right smack in the middle. I'm not going to miss one service. Not going to miss one altar call. Not going to miss one opportunity to clap my hands. Not going to miss one opportunity to worship. Not going to miss one opportunity to give. I want to take ownership of this mountain. I want to get in here with everything I have. I'm not hearing anything, but I tell you what I believe. I believe God's voice is about to break the silence in some of your life. I came here to prophesy to the spirit world this morning and tell you that God is about to do what you have been believing and what he has been saying that he's going to do. I prophesy today that financial spoils are about to be released. What's been holding back from you? I prophesy health in some that's been dealing with weariness and weakness. I come this morning to declare to you that there's going to be revival in some of your homes, some of your families some backsliders are coming home, some ministries are going to be rejuvenated and rebirthed oh I feel the gift of faith in the house right now I want you to walk to the front of this room and I want you to come boldly and declare I'm climbing the mountain and I'm here and I'm here to stay I'm here to stick it out I'm here to find the voice of God Oh, come on, lift up your voice. Seek after the Lord for a moment. I see an unprecedented revival coming to some. God has promised me. He's saying just stay on the mountain of prayer. Stay on the mountain of faithfulness.
want you to do. I want this altar call to have a little shift in it. We've got one that's getting ready to be baptized in Jesus' name today. First of all, let's give God praise for that. While they're getting ready, dressed and ready for baptism, we're going to make one more push in prayer this morning. I want us to take this altar call and make a little shift this morning. Instead of asking and begging God and saying, God, would you please do it? I want you to start speaking things that are not as though they already are. That's speaking in prophetic anticipation. You want to know how to pray a prophetic prayer? It's speaking things that are not as though they already are. Here's what it sounds like. God, although my family's not saved, I'm thanking you in advance. I see my family saved. I'm believing that you're going to do it. Mackie, if you were here Sunday night, you already know the story. His baby Sunday night in the middle of service began breathing on its own. This week's very pivotal. They're getting ready to run some more testing. They're going to they're gonna go in and look. They're going to see if that esophagus is healed. If there's going to be a, a pinhole or anything that, that they've got to they've deal with and continue to work on. You know the kind of prayer we're going to pray this morning? God, we're not even begging you. You already know. God, we're going to start thanking you in advance. There will be a good report. Something good is going to come out of this. There is going to be, my baby is in your hands. You, God, come on, you need to pray your own prayer with fervency right now all over this room. Your family will be saved. Your children's coming home. Come on, pray your own prayer. Lift up your voice. Yeah. I declare revival. I re declare a harvest of souls. I declare fresh passion in every believer. I, re I declare that every dry bone lives in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Lord for that answered prayer. Thank the Lord for making a way out of nowhere. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna 